Well, this podcast must be at least emotionally important to me because I've had, um, this is the third time I've recorded it, and each time there's been something not quite right. It's called Moot Point, and it's a kind of um, reflection on life as a whole, the world as a whole, and our commitments and stresses as a whole in light of the, um, the tremendous impact of the pandemic. And it's also about some really wildly um, uh, pirouetting and uh, just pirandella, just uh, huge going up, 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 uh, emotional um, issues in the church that uh, have become almost at an all-time high at this moment. And yet there's something fundamentally out of time. You're out of time, my baby, my poor misguided baby, something out of time. Notice I don't say something wrong, but out of time. What am I talking about? Well, there is a scene in a brilliant BBC made-for-television movie from 1984 entitled Threads. I don't recommend it. It's horrifying, documentary-style, extremely well-done narrative of the complete destruction of England in a um, nuclear attack. And everybody is killed or destroyed or completely and totally done in in the course of this um, scalding and, at the time it was done, important movie. But at the very, very end, while everybody's been wiped out in England, Scotland, and Wales, uh, a small group, maybe 10 or 12, of youngish people escape to uh, somewhere like Cumbria, somewhere in the northwest or something. And the last scene of the movie is you see about eight of their children. At this point, it's several years after the uh, uh, Armageddon. And uh, the children are, some of them are uh, deformed because uh, the radiation had affected their conception and their birth. And uh, they're all sitting in a kind of funny room somewhere in what might have been an elementary school, watching a VCR on which a VHS tape is being played of children's television. Let's imagine it were 
Mr. Rogers, I think it was actually something called Blue Peter, but whatever it is, they're watching this fun television uh, kind of children's show, a lot of laughter, and people talking back and forth. And they're watching it, on the one hand, absolutely transfixed the children by the screen. And yet... Their expressions tell you they don't, they don't have the slightest idea what it's about. They cannot relate at all to the concerns and interests and uh, moods and uh, punctuations of this television show from before the nuclear holocaust. It is a very shocking scene, and at times I feel a little bit like um, we are kind of like those children um, thinking about things that really are superannuated. Let me give you two examples. <clears throat> a uh, a former student of mine uh, who uh, serves actually uh, in uh, the Pacific Northwest. She's a lovely person and uh, a curate in a, a parish. And in the early stages of the pandemic, she made a mistake. She wrote somewhat, <clears throat> suggestive is not the right word, but somewhat flirtatious emails. Actually, they were texts. Yes, they were texts to um, two uh, male members of her parish youth group because she's in charge of the youth group. Now, I know the woman. Um, she did not mean any harm. She had recently taken the job and she was nervous. Uh, she was uh, insecure. She very much wanted to be liked, as we all do. And I read the texts there. I'm, I wouldn't have wanted to write them. Um, but they were essentially harmless if you know the person. <laughs> because the person was really just new and alone and wanting to be loved. And the um, two young men who got these texts then showed them to their parents, and the parents became furious and went to the uh, bishop in that area. And the, uh, the young woman was charged with an ecclesiastical offense and judged harshly for what she had done. Um, but what was interesting was this. The, the pros and the cons of that are not the question. What's interesting is what they said. They said because of, the parents said, because of um, the assistant minister's um, text to our sons, we no longer feel safe bringing them to church. We no longer feel safe bringing them to church. Well, what was funny about that is because that church has been closed since well before this incident happened and is still closed. That particular church has not met inside for in-person worship since early March 2020, and it is now mid to late April 2021. In other words, they don't feel safe in the church, but there is no church. Do you see what I'm saying? It's some, um, they, all of the abstract ideas and concerns and ideologies and even a uh, sense of, of mis, uh, mishandling things and false steps and all of this might very well be most worthwhile to take account of and learn from and you name it. But the fact is, it was all done when there was no possibility of anybody seeing anybody in person. Now, I thought that was extraordinary. Now, come to find out. <clears throat> There's another major ecclesiastical, oh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I don't want to say tempest in a teapot because I'd be attacked for that. There's an, there's an ecclesiastical hurricane or tornado in about its 15th week, maybe 15th, a long time, in the Church of England, um, according to which a, um, a vicar who's a conservative evangelical and, and a well-known person has been accused of using power 
to uh, abuse young assistants and young boys who are in the parish. Um, there's no evidence of a crime committed, and that's been investigated apparently by the constabulary there. But um, the uh, some of the victims and a, a very a passionate clergyman who's sort of made this his his eye of the tiger. Um, have just, I mean, the number, and national newspapers, I mean, the number of, uh, of articles about this particular unfortunate, not good thing makes it sound like the invasion of Afghanistan. Now, you may say it is the invasion of Afghanistan, but that's not really correct. But that's not even my point. What is so interesting is with these vast uh, amounts of ink that have been put into documenting all the letters, and they're all over the Internet, um, their church has not met. There has been no in-person church in Britain since March of 2020. Uh, I think the first Sunday that um, uh, English churches were allowed to meet in person inside, I believe it was Easter Sunday in general. I know that Wales has not yet given way, nor has Scotland, oh, uh, nor has Northern Ireland, which is really upsetting. I mean, they, everybody's, that's a whole other story, but whatever it is, um, I see these vast articles that are, they're, they're all attacking a constituency within a constituency within a constituency within a constituency. In other words, there are not that many Christians in England, self-avouching Christians. There are not that many, not at all many Anglican, Church of England Christians who would say that. There are an even smaller minority of evangelical Anglican Christians. And there's an even smaller uh, minority of evangelical Anglican Christians who are also Reformed or Calvinist. There is a tradition there. So all these, um, they're attacking, I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like if, I mean, I, I just can't, can't even, it's, it's like they're attacking a minority within a minority within a minority within a minority. And that's not really the point. The point is, the churches aren't meeting. I mean, there's no way to, to square anything. There's no way to accept maybe a Zoom call. There's no way to actually to actually have church. So the whole thing, to me, there's no, no way to, to, to grow together and to find a way through this as a church should find a way, not through individuals on the Internet, but just through the brethren uh, at uh, Sunday worship or Wednesday Bible study. So the thing has a kind of moot point. Uh, it's sort of, is it really even relevant anymore? I mean, when you're um, faced with the pandemic and what it's done to the world, you want to say... Um, uh, you want to talk talk Buddhist language. You know, they always talk about dependent arisings. Dependent arisings are all the different circumstances that happen to us that are all around us that are factored from many, many different sources, and they're quite illogical, and we're dealing with these circumstances all the time. <clears throat> and the, the, uh, the, the pandemic has made most dependent arisings seem just like I said, uh, anachronistic, like they're out of time. You're out of time, my baby, my poor discarded baby. Baby, 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 you're out of time. Um, going to Costco, you know, I get a, I'm the world's most practiced Keurig cleaning, no, what am I, Keurig um, maker of coffee in the morning for Mary and me, who then um, scrapes out each um, uh, little capsule and puts it for the worms, but throws away the actual plastic part and then refills the Keurig container again and then does this and then does that and then it's so late I have to go reheat the coffee one more time to bring it to Mary. I mean, 
this is absurd. But, you know, when I was sick last week, um, it just sort of felt Keurig. <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean, I'm glad to have Keurig, but the whole thing seemed like a great mystification. Now, um, there's a line in, uh, in uh, I think, the, uh, I'm certain of it, actually, the last um, season of... Uh, the X-Files, in which Fox Mulder is suddenly faced with the reality that the Earth is being invaded by aliens. At that moment, in this place, right now, by people we can see who are aliens. And he <clears throat> turns to uh, Scully, Dana Scully, and it's one of David Duchovny's best little bits. Did you know that I taught David Duchovny one term uh, back at the Christchurch School? Uh, Christchurch School. Anyway, years and years and years ago. But anyway, um, uh, Fox Mulder turns to her and says, um, Scully, all bets are off. Now, all bets are off. In other words, anything we think we, should, we would normally be doing, all bets are off. Well, that's amazing. That's what we're talking about. I think the, the pandemic, the fact that people could so, as it were, um, almost unconsciously or maybe in, uh, unanimously um, put a put a cap on just about everything we were doing um, really means that most, this, most of those things must not have been very important. I mean, that's really true. That had to be. It's the only way you can explain it. We, we wouldn't have put up with it if, it, if, if those things were more important to us. So, aha, what are the things that remain? It's a moot point. All the things I've talked about, and you can probably name all sorts of things that no longer seem important to you that did before. And the fact that I got sick the other day and I was really sick. I'm not entirely, I'm almost well, um, which is great. But um, boy, when you're sick, when you can't even get up out of the bed, when, you know, just going to the john is is hugely, impressively painful and, and uh, complex. And uh, you're just, you know, my gosh, anybody who's ever been seriously recovered from surgery or had serious long-term chemically related um, illness knows exactly what I'm talking about. It, uh, nothing becomes important. And I'll tell you what is important. Well, one person is most important. In my case, it happens to be Mrs. Zoll, Mary. I'm very, very fortunate. I mean, I, I, I literally get teary. I literally get teary right now. But you, you have a Mary in your life. And if you don't, you did. And, uh, or if you don't, you'd like one. And by the way, P.S., partner up. I know one of the messages of this Moot Point podcast, it's time to partner up. You don't want to be, um, live through another pandemic basically completely alone. I mean, think of all the people in their bed sitting rooms in, in, uh, in London. And then remember, in, there was a terrible outbreak, a heat wave in Paris about 15, 18 years ago. And we, we love Paris and we know it. And like 10,000, maybe 12,000 little old ladies died. France is just filled with little old ladies, especially Paris, who live alone. They were once married, maybe. Um, they were once just Edith Piaf, you know, but now they've lived alone and they, nobody knew there was no one to look after them. And they just literally something like 10 to 12,000 little old ladies died. So partner up. Now, I don't know, you, you have to translate that for yourself. You need to be near somebody who can help you. If I had not had Mary to help me in the little pro big problems that seemed to come along on Saturday night, I, you know what I would have done? I would have taken a lot of aspirin and I would have toughed it out. 
I wouldn't have gone to the doctor unless after four days, it was uh, no change. If After four days, maybe I would have gone to the doctor. Drive to get a test at the hospital, do a CAT scan, do a blood test, whatever it is. No, sir. But fortunately, I, I wasn't, I'm not living alone. And I didn't do all those things, but I did some of them. And I had someone to drive me and someone to sign the forms and someone to, to let me off and while she parked in the parking lot. I mean, this is extremely important. Partner up. I can't tell you how important it is. So what's most important? Well, you and you and you and you. You're most important. And God. I'm not leaving God out of this for a second because the ultimate thing that remains is the love that is attached to you through this wonderful person you know, or would like to know, or have known, and still know. That, that's, that's the love of God. That's what you're going to. When people say, you know, Jimmy Dunn died recently, and Mita Dunn, his wife, we knew them well, died, uh, I think, two weeks ago, actually, maybe less, maybe eight days ago, in uh, Chichester. And um, the, the Katrina, the daughter, wrote, um, well, they were married for 60 years, and at least it's wonderful to know that um, dad is reunited with mom. I mean, it's so, so touching. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever one thinks of you. I've got a lot to say about Jimmy Dunn and me to Dunn someday. I knew them really well, but we won't. God bless them. God bless them. And uh, th that's what you go from love to love. You go from love to love. And we know it's forgiving love. We know it's the love of Jesus Christ. We know it's all those things. But that's what I wanted to tell you. That's my little podcast for today. Moot point. What remains in your particular life now that is not cancelable? Love you.